the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome and thanks for joining us on Season 2, Episode 2 of the Instructor Podcast. As always, it's great to have you along. Make sure that you go and click subscribe or follow wherever you're listening. That's always helpful. So, And if you're feeling kind, leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Shabnam Raja, who is going to join us to talk about mindfulness and self-care and how we speak to ourselves and how we need to look after ourselves better so we can then perform better. And it's great to have Shabnam on. She's been, uh, she had some uh, some personal troubles recently, as she discusses briefly in the show. And it's great that she marked a triumphant return with uh, with an episode of the Instructor Podcast. Um, if you want to find out more about what's coming up with the Instructor Podcast, hang about to the end. We'll talk a little bit about more what we've got coming up and what bonuses and different ways you can support the show. But for now, I suppose we might as well make a start to the interview, aren't we? So welcome to another splendid edition of the Instructor Podcast. And today I am joined by one of my favourite people in the entire world. And uh, every other guest is going to be jealous because I haven't said that to anyone else. So welcome to the wonderful Shabnam Raja. Oh, that's just the nicest, nicest intro. Um, thank you for having me, Terry. Well, it's true. And I'm going to start this off with a second little uh, uh, compliment your way and saying that I was thinking about this today. You're one of the people that's had one of the biggest influences on my my life as a whole, which uh, I was kind of talking about before we started. So we might even get into that at some point today. But no, thank you for joining. It's brilliant to have you on. How are you? Are you all well? I'm well, thank you. And I've been so excited about joining you and really looking forward to this conversation. So Let's begin. Okay, okay. Well, first of all, I, I would like you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about your background and about what you're up to now in terms of your business and whatever else you see fit. Okay, that's quite broad. Um, okay, my background, how we met, so I suppose that would probably be more relevant, is that I work with human beings who tend to mainly be entrepreneurs and I work with them to help them completely remove self-sabotaging behaviours and habits that they are finding, stopping them from doing the things they want to do in life and just being themselves more and enjoying life and getting rid of all the emotional crap that's been holding them back. Um, That's what I do. Um, I I love dogs. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's odd because as soon as you said you work with human beings, (laughs) I like the way you phrase it as human beings because I thought, yeah, but I wish you I bet you wish you worked with dogs. I bet there's a bit of that in there somewhere. Um, It has has been suggested because every time I do a session, a hypnotherapy session with clients, my dogs always fall asleep. And if they've got a dog in the room, they always go to sleep. So I'm quite convinced that I can get anyone's dog into a trance as well. So it, it might be something I might branch into. <laughs> you never know. My mind's yeah. falling out of me at the minute because um, I'm, I'm working some longer hours than usual. And yeah, she just doesn't speak to me at a minute. She, yeah, I come in the other day and she's led in room. And she hadn't seen me all day. And it's like nine o'clock at night. And she didn't even get up. She just looked at me with this face at like, she said, screw you. Yeah, how, how can you be prioritizing work over her? I mean, that's exactly. disgusting. Of course. Exactly. I got pizza, then she wanted me. 
then she won her NL picks. But but yes, uh, I've obviously worked with you previously, and uh, yes, can fondly remember your dogs on our calls. Every now and again, you'll just get a, a look away and look back, and there's a big dog face on the screen staring at me. <laughs> Um, part of the part of the work that I do is also dog therapy, so I suppose that part of the work. There you go. Um, one thing you mentioned there when when you were uh, talking about what you do is, is dealing with uh, people who are self sabotaging. Can you expand on that a little bit for me? Um, okay, so in terms of our patterns and behaviours in everyday life, there are lots of things that we do and wish we didn't do and keep repeating that pattern. And then there are things that we wish we could do, we want to do, but for some reason we don't do. Um, So whenever we're stopping ourselves, and it usually is not something that we do consciously, but whenever we are stopping ourselves from doing um, something we want, achieving something we want, whether that's by not doing or doing something, um, that's self-sabotage as I would define it. Is that often sort of a conscious thing or is it a subconscious thing or is it could be a bit both it's a bit of both sometimes we don't realize it i mean there's lots of there are lots of habits and behaviors that we don't necessarily even realize it's only in hindsight you think oh damn that makes sense now but that's only after you've done some work around it but there are things like i mean we we all know we uh, the classic example would be when it comes to food diet exercise we know when we're sabotaging our own success in getting slimmer, dropping weight, um, getting fitter, when we've been to the gym and we think, all right, now I can have a whole pizza. I was only going to have a slice, but oh, what the hell, I've done it. And we know that, don't we? So that's a conscious thing. But what I work with is the subconscious drivers that make us do that. So that's the subconscious work. Where does that stem from? Where does that self-sabotage stem from? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, All right, it's different for everyone, but one of the things that I've, you know, come to realise over the many, many years that I've been doing this stuff and from my own experiences is that the word self-sabotage actually makes you sound like you're doing something hurtful to yourself. Uh, you know sabotage isn't a good thing so it's kind of got a negative um, connotation to what you're doing but the reason why we do it isn't actually to hurt ourselves I mean we want to achieve something and then when we mess it up it's not because we really don't want to achieve it what we're doing is uh, what I like to call self-preservation so there's a part of us and you you know we've all we've all said it's like part of me wants to do this and there's another part of me that says no. And we say that sort of in jest and we don't really quite go into the psychology of it, but um, we all have many different aspects to us. And when we're talking about certain things that we want to do, and then there are things that we're not quite sure of, or we want to do it and we're not doing it, we, that's kind of like a conflict between the various parts within us. And when we are sabotaging our own success in anything, whether that's relationships, finances, um, fitness, health, whatever it is, it's usually because there's a part of us that doesn't feel that what we're trying to achieve either is uh, something we deserve, uh, something that we um, is achievable for us, something that may not even be safe for us. So that part, because it's there to protect us, 
and when I say that, that doesn't mean we're like, you know, we're split personalities and there's lots of different parts to us, but there's a, a subconscious driver to keep us safe. And that's what the mind is always thinking is like, is there a threat here? And the threat could be, you know, it's not, we're not talking about danger of death. We're talking about any kind of threat where we feel discomfort and discomfort the way that the brain then uh, feels it and we feel it in the body is, uh, you know, the, the the adrenaline or the cortisol, the stress hormones, all these different things in your heartbeat and that distress and the brain having a little conversation with the mind about, oh, no, no, look, something really bad's happening because, uh, well, you know, we're getting upset here. All right, yeah, yeah, so this is not a good thing. And the mind will give you uh, suggestions to do the opposite of what you're doing. So it's like if you have any kind of fear or a resistance towards doing something, which you don't really realize on a conscious level, but subconsciously you have something there, your mind is going to quickly try and distract you from that. And that's why we end up shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, you used a phrase there that I, I don't think I've heard before, but I, it sums up some of that I struggle to explain. And it, it's you said the brain having a conversation with the mind. And I love that um, because that's something I struggle to explain that it's, you know, your mind and your brain are almost two different things, aren't they? You know, one of them is is providing that subconscious and one of them is almost like a thought process. And uh, I probably butchered that and explained it there, but I love the way that that brain conversation with the mind thing, that was, uh, that worked. The other thing you mentioned that I want to touch back on was about feeling safe because it's something that I've heard you speak about a lot and and, and uh you've spoke with me within the past and and that resonated because again when we've worked together it, it was interesting how you was able to show me that my current behaviors are a result of things that have happened in the past and you know the fear of you know if I go and put this thing on Facebook people are gonna gonna judge me how how common is that it literally everybody feels the same and that's the thing it's like nearly every single person that I've ever worked with and this kind of like shatters all illusions of like I'm so unique because (laughs) (laughs) we all feel different but the things that we all have in common is this fear of rejection from others all of us have that even the people who say oh I don't really give a shit what people think of me uh yeah you do everyone does unless you are uh you know you've got some different kind of psychological problems like you're a psychopath or or maybe even a narcissist and even a narcissist does care and that's why they behave the way they do uh, without going into too much detail on that but this thing about having a fear of rejection is what everybody has and nearly every single person that I've ever worked with and, and it includes me and that doesn't mean that just because you can get over you get over it and there are lots of things that you thought you couldn't do and all of a sudden when you do the work you're able to do that something else might not come up and trigger something for you again that you are unaware of because that's what you know that's how the conscious and the subconscious work together where we're constantly finding out that there's things that shit us up again <laughs> we were like oh shit I thought I thought I'd work this one out but you know stuff comes up because we're complex beings we're not you know, it's not just a, a simple like, okay, just do this. And all oh, like little problem here, let's fix that, put this part in, take that part out, all sorted, there you can go. But, you know, lots of different experiences determine how you feel in different situations. And until you, you're you in that situation, you don't know whether that's going to come up, whether anything's going to come up or not. 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked with um, a few different people over the last few years, and sometimes it's hard to to pinpoint who's helped me with what. And I think everything's helped me a little bit, but the I think the big thing that that you helped me with the most was that that feeling of of, of just not just doing it. That's probably the wrong term, but reducing the fear and you know looking at the bigger picture and thinking, well, actually, what's the worst that could happen? You yeah. know, you know, the, and then what? And then what? You know, and there's no. Oftentimes, the consequences aren't that that big, and I think sometimes you've got a, a brilliant way of of phrasing stuff. I remember once saying to you that I'm the the black sheep of my family, and you were like, "Yeah, everyone says that." I said if you put hundred people in a room and asked if they're all the black sheep, they'd all put their hand up. And it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah," because I remember my brother saying that, and my sister says it as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's, everyone's different, aren't they? And, but yeah, the, the, one of the big things that, like I said, that you helped me was that overcoming that that um that fear and and one of the fears i had it was around prices it was around finances it was a, a belief that you know i come from this this very much a working class background and i can remember not massively struggling financially was a kid but there was never any surplus of cash there and and you know you come into the driving instructor industry and the the instructors that I'd speak to and the posts I'd see on Facebook groups are all very negative around finances. You know, people won't pay for this, people won't pay for that, and that's something that you work a lot in. In it, so I see posts on on your uh, LinkedIn and your Facebook all the time. You know, you've transformed this person's life, and it trans- not you, but you've helped them transform their life, and you've helped them transform their finances. So. I suppose the question that I'm, I'm asking there is what are the biggest problems you see and the biggest fears you see with people around sort of the financial side of it? Um, there's so many things that people, I mean, there's a lot of stuff around money and uh, financial beliefs and money mindset and all the language out there. Um, and it's not, clear cut as just saying well these are the things that people think and believe and therefore that's why they fear making more money or that's why they're not making any money it's not as um, clear cut as that not saying that it's um, complex it's not a complex thing it's just the fact that you can't brush everyone with the same paint everyone with the same paintbrush it's like have I used that properly you know what I mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know it's everyone's not the same Um, and every single person has their own reason why they might be financially hitting a certain income ceiling or why they have money coming in and then going out as fast as it's coming not being able to uh, grow their wealth or why um, they feel guilty about the wealth that they do have um, can't enjoy it it's always very very personal and all sorts of things come up when I'm working with people and it's not as simple as saying and that's why a lot of these books um, there are so many books on this uh, and there are so many courses on it as well on how to change your money mindset but what you're working with in all of those situations is the conscious mind so you're working on stuff that you know so you know that for some reason you haven't been able to make more money, a certain more money than what you did last year, and you seem to be stuck at a certain level. So you know that consciously, and you're trying to figure it out. And what most entrepreneurs do in the sort of world that you and I work in is mainly a lot of entrepreneurs, but also happens with people who work in other spaces, is that they think, well, you know, maybe I've reached 
we reached my limit and I can't um, maybe what it is is that I haven't got the right business strategy maybe I need you know some coaching around business coaching around how to do something maybe I need some more qualifications all these kind of things whereas what they're trying to do is fix or try to get a solution to a problem which is a conscious one and why that doesn't work you might have some temporary sort of uh, change in what you're doing but you'll come back to the same issue that you had before because what's driving the behaviors if if and I've always said this to everyone um, especially now after like you mentioned all the testimonials and the videos from people who've said that oh I've you know increased my income by 40 percent and I've had some people who've had a conversation with me wanting my help so could you help me make this much money and I asked them about their business and they don't have a business. I mean, they have a business, but they don't really know what they're doing in their business. So at that stage, I say to them, well, you don't need my help. Maybe you do, but what you need help with first is getting your strategy right. You need some help with business. You need to know how to run a business. You need to actually have a product that people want. You know, I can't make you a millionaire, but it's not like some magic voodoo stuff that people also think I do. Um, so that is one of the things, but once you realize that you've got things, you know, you've, you know, you've been doing everything right. You've got everything in place, yet you're still not, maybe, you know, you look around, especially if you're on social media and say, well, that person's doing exactly what I do. And they're bloody multimillionaires. Like, why am I not there yet? Um, what am I doing wrong? And then, you know, all that comparison makes you feel like crap. And then you start having these other thoughts about, well, maybe I need to try what they're doing and do this. So you kind of move even further away from what you actually want to do. And that's when you're, most people don't realize, and some people do, and when they do realize they come to somebody like me or somebody else and they work on what's driving the behavior. What is the actual subconscious resistance to making more money, keeping the money, growing the wealth, doing this stuff? And that's stuff that I, you know, uh, work on with people and it's very rarely about money it's about a person's own belief systems around uh, who they believe they are their own identity so what their identity is in their subconscious what they believe themselves to be what kind of person they are their beliefs around uh, about other people and then their beliefs of the wider world and it's uncovering what they are. And a lot of people say, well, I know exactly what I believe in. And I know who I am. And I know what other people, uh, what the world is. You know, I, I know what my beliefs are. And none of them contradict me being, you know, stinking rich. So yeah, that's rubbish. Um, but again, I, I, I argue, well, yeah, you consciously know everything. But there's no way for you to know what subconscious beliefs you have or convictions you have about yourself, other people and the wider world. And until you uncover that, you can't really do anything about having a solution to a problem you don't know you have. Yeah, I obviously relate to that massively. And, and I think the one that sticks out for me was was this podcast. Um, I did the first one uh, for this in, in uh, March. Yeah, March of this year. And I spent a long time before that wanting to do a podcast, but having the, the idea of, well, no one will listen to it and I'll be boring. And who am I to do this podcast? I've only been an instructor five years. Who will listen to me? And and like you said, that's that that subconscious belief. And it 
it took a lot of time for me to to get over that and um, through working with some some wonderful people like yourself to, to just go and do that. And the same applied to to the finances for me as well. That the podcast is is the best example for that. But the finances are the key one. I mean, I think it's it's the stories you tell to yourself in it as well. Um yeah. I was at a, a test center the other day in Leeds and there were two instructors talking and I was having a chat with them and they were saying to each other that no one in Leeds will pay more than £25 an hour for lessons. And I'm thinking, I don't want to have this conversation because I don't want <laughs> that. Like, and eventually one of them asked me, what do you charge? And I'm like, well, I charge £36 an hour. And they're like, no, you don't. Like, yeah, I do. Sorry. Like, no, you don't. And like, yeah, I do. And they couldn't accept the fact that I was more than that because they just told themselves this story that no one in Leeds will pay more than that. Um and then one of them even said, so, oh, they, they asked me why. And I said, because that's what I think I'm worth at this time. And they said, so you don't think I'm worth that? I'm like, no, no, I'm not saying you're not worth that. You're saying you're not worth that. And I thought that was really telling the way they asked that question. And it was just, you could see that they didn't believe they were worth any more than what mm-hmm. they had. And it's that subconscious thing. And, and it was through working with you largely that I was able to, to, to overcome this stuff. And, I do want to touch back on a word you used as well, which was voodoo, <laughs> because um, it is. Let's face it. Some of the stuff you do is pure witchcraft. <laughs> There's some bonkers stuff going on. I can remember having conversations with you, and uh, you, you. we even went down the hypnotherapy route for, for a couple of our sessions. Um, yeah. In fact, just talk to you about hypnotherapy a little bit, because I'm still not necessarily sure I understand what's going on there. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so just talk to me a little bit about hypnotherapy and how that works. Well, hypnotherapy is basically a modality where you use hypnosis to help people uncover, heal, or provide therapy to them. So that's what hypnotherapy is. It's not what you see on the internet and telly where you have hypnotists doing crazy stunts with people, street hypnotists doing all these tricks and making people do stuff like clucking like a chicken and, you know, pretending they're Michael Jackson, all that kind of stuff and forgetting their name. That um, is, that's, you know, that's entertainment. That's street hypnosis, um, stage hypnosis. What I do and what I use is um, hypnosis for therapy. So it's hypnotherapy. And what hypnosis is, in case any of your listeners aren't really sure, because a lot of people don't really know what that's like. And what that is, is just helping you to get into a very focused state of awareness it's not actually when people think it's like oh you're going to be controlled your mind's being controlled by somebody else or you're going into this trance and a lot of hypnotherapists myself included sometimes use the word trance um just to maybe explain the sort of different states that you go into and what hypnotherapy does is helps you to alter the brain waves your brain waves to change your level of brain activity, which allows you to go into a more focused state of awareness. So instead of paying attention to everything around you, um, you're paying attention on exactly what we're working on. And it's usually when you have a specific goal to uncover what um, subconscious beliefs or resistance or issue you have and what's the root cause of it, And then during that state, you finding your own solution to 
making sure that that's not a problem for you anymore. And all I do as a hypnotherapist is guide my clients to get to that solution. And a lot of uh, what you call the voodoo bits, um, like how is it that we have a session and we're just talking and then later on you're like, I feel different and things are different for me now, but what actually happened? That's all conversational hypnosis. So hypnosis doesn't have to be where I walk you down 10 steps and then you go into a, you know, more um, sort of like sleep-like state with your eyes closed. It, conversational hypnosis is with your eyes open and it's just talking you through catching your unconscious moments uh, which we all have throughout the day all the time we are going in and out of hypnosis and human beings um, all, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis and all of us go through these various states brain waves and various states of awareness so you go from being very alert because you'll know this, you'll go from very alert um, when you're right now focusing on what I'm saying, you're paying attention. When you're working, you're, when people say, oh, you know, I felt like I was in a flow state, that's a form of hypnosis. When you're watching a film and you get so caught up in the emotions of these characters and you might cry or scream, yell or get scared. It's like, why are you doing that? You know they're just actors. They're just reading the scripts. Why are you getting so emotional? hypnosis that's why because their emotions are actually um, triggering stuff in your subconscious which makes you feel the emotion and that's hypnosis um, same way how every day we convince ourselves we can do something and we can't do something we keep on telling ourselves that we can do something and we can't do something a self-hypnosis because we're repeating certain words, certain things over and over again, giving ourselves, our mind instruction that, oh, I can do this and I can't do this. You can call that voodoo, but then in that case, everyone's a witch. <laughs> and and does that go back to the comment you said before about um, the brain having the conversation with the mind? So you're telling yourself you can do it or you can't do it, which is then training your your mind to 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 accept that or to, you know, to just go down that route. Um, okay, so I'll explain what I mean by when I talk about your mind and when I talk about your brain. So your brain's part of your body, right? If I ask you, Terry, where's your brain? Where is your oh, brain, yeah. Terry? It's up there. And it's in your head. You know it's between your ears. Or it's here. If I ask you now, Terry, where's your mind? Yeah, I mean, my first thought would say to say in the brain, I suppose, but it's not, is it your brain's? A... Whereabouts is it in your brain then? Well, see, nah, nah, I don't know how to answer that question, Shabnam. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think anybody really does because everyone has their own concept of what the mind is. We know, and even the concept of having a conscious and subconscious mind, it doesn't mean that you've got two minds or that, you know, it's it's making it, it's people who have been studying the mind for centuries and all the different work that, and every you know, every year something new is discovered about human behavior and why we behave the way we do. The fact that we know something called neuroplasticity exists wasn't something that people knew, say, 15, 20 years ago. And it, I mean, or maybe they did and there wasn't as much research done to actually prove that actually you can change the state of your brain and how the, you know, how your brain is wired and how the, the neurons fire and all that kind of stuff by how you speak to yourself so how you you know how you program yourself so the difference between when I'm talking about how your mind talks to your brain is that I'm considering the brain and there might be people who might disagree with this who are much smarter than me 
or not that smart for me I don't know but you know there's a difference in how we look at the fact that the brain is part of the body your mind controls the body the brain is the hardware and the mind is the software so and you're the programmer of that software as in if you're taking charge of what you want to create in your life if you're allowing all the beliefs that you've created about yourself and others in the world and just going through life without questioning things then you're allowing other people's programs to run your software which then actually um, controls your hardware so your brain is the hardware that then tells you to take action or not take action so we physically feel things in your body because your mind has said oh we're scared and the brain will pump out you know I'm making it very simple but you know you, you get all the different hormones and the chemicals in the brain and in your body that make you feel scared and you feel you know your brain will send the signals to your uh, lungs to breathe in a certain way uh, to your heart to beat in a certain way when you're scared for instance and when people talk about anxiety it's like you've talked yourself into a situation a lot of times when um, we talk about anxiety what causes anxiety is situations that haven't actually happened or may have happened in the past but currently are not happening but we've created pictures in our mind about what might happen and all the what if scenarios which then cause physical symptoms in the body where we feel like we're going to die because it's that scary and the feedback loop between the mind and the brain and body is that oh right I'm feeling like this and it's re it's confirming to the mind oh shit I'm going to die. And the mind's like, okay, yes, this is really bad, really bad. And that's, you know, it's like a loop going back to your brain saying, oh gosh, it's really bad. Okay, more, more of the bad stuff, more of the bad stuff. And the reason why we end up feeling like that is because anxiety, again, is a signal from our body telling us that we're in a situation that we don't want to be. And that's all that is, which sounds really simplistic. And it's not to undermine anyone who's going through any kind of anxiety or has an anxiety disorder, but that's what the you know the the mental psychological and physical symptoms or how they tie in we're not just our bodies we're not just our minds we're not you know getting a bit you know spiritual even if you think we're not just souls we're we're more we're more than one um one thing when so that's when when I was talking about the brain and the mind talking together it's like your mind wherever you may think it is I mean there are people and you know I'm not into the woo-woo stuff but there are people who will say that it's in the universe and I'll talk about the universal consciousness and all that stuff I'm not quite there yet but that doesn't mean that that's not right maybe I just haven't you know experienced it and seen it for myself and that's why I don't believe it and if one day all of a sudden it seems real to me I'll change my mind on that I think that's a sort of a lovely note to, to wrap up that section on because I'm very much like that in that I'm not a believer in sort of the the manifestation side of stuff but I can see the logic behind it because if you're saying to yourself every day, I will achieve this or I am this person, then you're training your brain or you're training your mind to think a certain way. And I think that that's where a lot of it stems from. And, and if that's what works, that what's, that's what works. And just speaking of that, that language side of it, um, you know, that's some of the, that I've seen you speak about a lot is the way we talk to ourselves and the way you treat yourself and how we do sort of really, we are hard on ourselves as, as people. And one thing I say to my students a lot is something that, that, that you once said to me, I can't remember 
what we were talking about. But I said, someone you said to me, would you let someone else speak to you like that? I thought, no, I wouldn't. And I'll say mm-hmm. that to my students now when they're in a car and they're saying they can't do it and they're being hard on themselves. So say, would you let someone, what would you do if I spoke like that? Well, I'd say I'd leave. Right, well, don't speak to yourself like that then. So yeah. what advice would you give to anyone that, that was struggling with that, that was um, sort of really negative and, and, and beating themselves up? I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's probably the one thing that everyone can start with where changing, and it is it is a big thing I talk about all the time, um, is changing the way you speak to yourself. And it's very, very hard because to start with, because we become, you know, we, we become our habits. So we have a habit of speaking to ourselves in the way that we speak to ourselves. So if you have been somebody who has been, putting yourself down, uh, calling yourself names, being really hard on yourself whenever you screw up, like, oh, you fucking idiot, I can't believe you've just done that again, you know, what's wrong with you? And it's not like we say it out loud, but we think these things in our head. Um, And it's harmful to us because we are, you know, it's like if I was to say that to you, it's not going to make you feel good. When you're saying it to yourself, it's a 100 times worse because it feels real. It feels more hurtful because who knows you better than anybody else in the world? You do. Nobody else knows you better than you do. So if you're saying something like that, it's got to be true, right? You, it can't be. You're not going to say something untruthful to yourself. So when you say negative things to yourself, they start becoming your truth. They start becoming what you believe about yourself and start becoming the identity you live from. So if you keep on telling yourself, I'm a shy person or I'm such a clumsy, klutz, I'm an idiot, that starts becoming who you are. Not because it's true, but because you've made it true for yourself. Other people may not see it like that, but because you've been saying that, because that's when I was talking about this self-hypnosis, we start repeating. And, you know, no baby, no baby comes into this world thinking, oh, I'm such a fat, ugly, look (laughs) at me uncool person I can't even bloody walk and I need people to look after me I'm so useless that that is stuff that is um you know picked up over the years and it could be stuff that we've said to ourselves it could have been stuff that other people have said to us throughout life could be parents could be caregivers could be siblings could be your you know your peers at school teachers society saying things that at the time hurt and you kind of took a lot of notice of, and over the years, you've now just taken all these horrible negative things that other people have made you feel bad about yourself and made them your own, and you're saying it to yourself. And the best way to stop doing that and stop feeling like crap is to start saying nice things to yourself. And now, if you're, and I've worked with a lot of people who have said have been through a lot of trauma as well and have been through very hard times in their life and they find it very difficult to stay say nice things to themselves um you know I say I tell all my clients to tell themselves that I love you like not me love you obviously I love everybody but as in you tell yourself you love yourself look in the mirror look yourself in the eyes and say I love you which isn't easy for somebody who has so much self-loathing for themselves it takes a long time to get to there but so you have to have gradual steps to get there. It's like catch yourself when you're when you're saying things that are not kind, and think of somebody you do love and you do care. Or uh, I a lot of 
people that I work with, I do get them to think of their younger self, but sometimes even that's difficult. So think of somebody real that you know, that you really love and care, and imagine yourself talking to them. Would you do that? No. What would you say to them? I want you to, whether it just doesn't feel right, doesn't feel real, but just repeat to yourself what you would say to them. So whether it's a child, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, whoever you love, or your spouse, say what you would say to them if they were in the same situation. Because you know, we're, we're all a lot nicer to other people than we are to ourselves. And that's the way to start changing that habit because it will be uncomfortable and weird to start with because any new habit, like, I like, you know, the people can't watch, aren't watching this, so can't be able to see, but listeners, try this. Um, I'm going to try and say it so that people listen. But when you cross your arms in a certain way, we all do it in, a, in one way, don't we? So if I told you now and asked you, like, Terry, just cross your arms, you're going to cross your arms where you naturally would. But if you then cross your arms the opposite direction, it's very uncomfortable. It doesn't feel right, does it? No. No. But this is like, try this as a little experiment, if you will. Make yourself cross your arms the other way around on purpose all week long until it stops feeling. And it will, if you keep on repeating it, doing it the other way around, it will start to become, it will start to feel normal. It will become familiar. It will be something that you do, which now feels normal. And that's what it is. Like when we say things to ourselves, and we have been, any habit we've, we've created for ourselves, and, you know, the self-talk habit is probably the most significant because that's the one that has the biggest impact on us as human beings. When we say shit to ourselves, it's a habit that we need to break. It may take a little bit more work to get to the point where you stop saying things. So you might still say stuff to yourself, but you catch yourself like, oh, I'm doing that thing again where I've internalized other people's criticisms of me and I'm saying them to myself. Why? Okay, how would I say this to, what would I say to my best friend who might be going through the same thing? Oh, I'd actually be really nice to them. i say, it's okay, don't worry. Um, you got this. I can help you. Speak to yourself like that. And then, you know, get to that point where you go, you look in the mirror and you go, I love you. Um, yeah, and... Anyone listening now, I can vouch for this as well because that's that's what you got me doing to begin with. I had uh, one person in, in mind, and I would start speaking to that person, and then eventually, now, like you said, I speak to myself. Um, although I do still blame you for one of the more embarrassing points in my life. It's when I was in Morrison's with you. You got me saying every time I walked in front of a mirror. Well, you didn't yeah, tell me what to say. I remember. Yeah, every time in front of a mirror, you magnificent beast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I was in uh, Morrison's in the that. toilets and I showered it just as someone walked in. <laughs> Not a vlog, because I'm going, you magnificent beast. Um, and they're just thinking you're talking to your willy or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I've rather they thought that than thought I was speaking to them, to be honest with you. I think that'd be more concerning. But, but it's true. I mean, I often joke with you about how you've created a monster in, in me, you know, in that now I'll go out and I'll just do these. I'll use Facebook as an example. I'll go out and I'll just put a post talking about what I've achieved or how I'm proud of myself or um what I like about myself or what I've done and and you know a couple of years ago I wouldn't do that and and that's again it's a joke that you created this monster but in reality I'm just being honest you know because there'll be times I'll go and I'll say right I've fucked up here and I'll talk about a post where I've done stuff wrong or where I've done something stupid 
but then they'll also put those positive posts up as well. And I think that it's important to, to, to look at the, the positive side. And I want to just mention as well that obviously you said the, the I love you thing. And you in, in 2020, during that magnificent year when we were all in lockdown, um, you uh, started doing Facebook Lives every morning. And it was one of the most heartwarming things ever. I still say that was one of the things that got me through lockdown. I can remember every day I'd be outside Aww. just having you on my phone, pacing in the garden, listening to and watching Shabnam Raja. And then at the end, you would always end by saying, just looking directly at camera. And I'm I'm pretending it was just for me, by the way. There was no one else there at that point. But <laughs> it looking was directly just at camera and going, remember, I love you. And it's like really nice. It, and I think that the world is missing that sometimes, just people just being nice. But yeah, I've yeah. gone on a bit of tangent there. <laughs> that that was a really nice tangent, and it's so nice to hear. And I appreciate you saying that. Um, but I just want to correct you on one thing: I did not create a monster because this is one of the things when you say that. Um, what I did was help you just be yourself. And you call it a monster. I I I see someone who is really funny, really intelligent, does amazing things, and has such a big heart. And one of the very few people who has kept on checking in on me, which doesn't always happen, all through the beginning of lockdown. And, you know, it was such a pleasure working with you. And that's why we're still friends, because you're such a lovely person. I didn't create any of that. That was all in you all from the beginning. It was you just letting go of shit, which I helped you see. Um, So I will take credit for that. Thank you for that. But... Uh, I don't see a monster, and I definitely didn't create anything. You created everything. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, we touched on this before we started, but I'm going to mention this now on the podcast because it's it's interesting because I, I spoke to someone recently, and they said, "Am I have I reinventing myself? Am I a new person?" And 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 I'm not. I'm the person now that I wanted to be when I was 17, sort of 20 years ago that I didn't have the the courage or the knowledge or whatever the right term is to actually go out and do that. And, and now I have, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I don't think I've ever said it to you, Shabnam, so I'm going to say it now. Um, back when I was that age, I, I wanted to be a radio DJ. I'd, I'd forgotten this, completely forgotten it, but that was my thing that I wanted to do. But it was belittled. It was kind of shut yeah. down. So I just gave up on it and stopped and, all right, I'm not a radio DJ, but I'm hosting a podcast. You know, it's, it's a very similar thing, and I'm in my element, which is great. And like you say, um, I, I've learned, and this is where you've worked with me, I've learned to to accept that praise and accept that compliment and, and take stock and say, yes, I have done this. But it's also through working with some brilliant people, you know, largely yourself as well. Um, but I do want to touch on one other thing just before we wrap up, because we mentioned your, your Facebook lives. Um, you've had a little break off social media recently, but you are back of a bank. I've just watched one of the reels you've done on Instagram. <laughs> it really made me laugh. But I'm just intrigued. I just I would like your opinion on this, on um, the difference between Facebook and LinkedIn and, and how you find them. Because when I first came across you, you were largely on Facebook. That was your, your home. Yeah. Now yeah. you've just fucked Facebook off and you're off, you've just conquered LinkedIn. So I'm just wondering what, what the difference is there, how you found the two. Um, well, that's the thing. There's a lot of debate around this, especially on LinkedIn. LinkedIn people, uh, the people who are diehard LinkedIn fans, really slag off Facebook and say, oh, it's a really toxic place. And I'm like, 
well, that must be because you're hanging around with toxic people because it's not been toxic for me. I've loved Facebook. Um, and I think what happened wasn't, I didn't, you know, you said you, you kind of off Facebook. That's not really what happened. I think what happened for me was because of the stuff, the personal stuff that happened over last year, you know, when my dad passed away and a lot of personal things. And I've used Facebook almost like an online diary. Anyone wants to know anything about me, they can literally go down my feed and will know probably what I had for lunch as well back in 2016. I don't know, you know, my dog's names, how many kids I have. I've got the one. Um, literally, you know, what colour my hair, what I look like with grey hair, uh, all of that stuff, because I, I just literally used it as a place that I got to know people, made friends with, and I was just being myself. And that's what I did. And my perception of LinkedIn was that it was a really stuffy corporate place where you can't really be yourself and you have to sort of be a bit more reserved and not show any personality. Um, because of the stuff that happened personally, uh, when I lost my dad, um, I shared a lot of that, a lot of personal pain and grief and kind of got a lot of support from a lot of people on Facebook who are good friends, yourself included. Um, I'd, and, and I felt... It was such a raw kind of feeling to be, uh, and a reminder. And every time I went on Facebook, anyone who knows me like you do, nearly every Facebook Live that I did back in the early part of um, 2020, when all this stuff happened, and before that, nearly every conversation I would have, I would mention my dad. Stories I've talked about my dad. It wasn't like all of a sudden my dad's died and now I'm talking about him. He was always, I would always weave stories in of my family. Family mean that much to me. And it was just too raw for me to be on Facebook when it keeps on shoving your memories in your face. So that's why I went off Facebook. Um, and I went to LinkedIn thinking, oh, okay, let's see what, what, what's going on here then, shall we? Let's let's go and see what shall we do here now. Uh, shall I be a bit more corporate? Nah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I started off sort of cautiously doing my thing. And then just, you know, I do exactly the same over there within less characters. Although I've heard that the character limit is more than 1,300 now at 3,000. But who can be bothered to read that much? Um, but I started doing videos there. And I, I know, you know how much I love doing video. I love doing live video. And I didn't have live video on, on uh, LinkedIn. So I got quite creative. I like, just like my dad was a big video guy. I learned about how to do videos in this cut style, like the Gary Vee style and all that. I learned how to do that. Started doing this, scripting my videos and doing a, a bit more polish. But not because I was thinking, oh, it's just for LinkedIn. I was going to do, put them on Instagram and other places. It's just that LinkedIn kind of kicked off. I all of a sudden started to uh, get not a huge amount of followers, but getting more followers. But more than that, getting a lot of people wanting to work with me and wanting to work with me because they liked the fact that I was just being myself and they want to be themselves. It's like they couldn't understand how is it possible? How can you, what is it that you do? Like, what is this witchcraft? Let me know. But, you know, I've had, I, I could, I'll show you after this, after we've done this, uh, an email I had, um, an email, which on LinkedIn, I think it's a paid service where if somebody's not connected to you and they want to send you a message, they send you an email and you have a certain amount of emails that you paid for through your premium account. Uh, and the title was Witchery, Please. <laughs> <laughs> but 
so I played on it. So I've been playing on the whole thing about people thinking what I do is witchcraft, um, and and made my you know my LinkedIn story when you click on my cover photo all about me being a witch. Apparently, there's rumours. This is why, <laughs> and I share all my testimonials from clients. So. For me, LinkedIn has also been very similar to Facebook, where I've just made some really, really good friends there. I've I've made I've had some brilliant clients from there. When I was on Facebook, all majority of my clients, just a couple weren't uh, from the UK, but majority of my clients were UK. Now I'm working with clients from the US, uh, Poland, Romania, Spain. Did I say America? Because when I I say America, the US, because there's so many different states, which messes up you know how I schedule because did you know that they even have mountain time so they have eastern time they have pacific time and they have mountain time that's the worst trying to find you know time slots that fit for us so LinkedIn's been really great for me and the the, the only difference I would find uh, I find there is that the restrictions um the you know the 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 restrictions on um what you can say freely because not because of other people, because I couldn't give a shit if somebody was offended by my language or what I was talking about. It's actual LinkedIn might just ban your account, suspend your account because you've used bad language or somebody's reported you for something. And I got banned three times, uh, you know, temporary bans, but I'm back again. So um, I'll be sharing some new videos there, but it's been all fun. Um, there's, there's lots of lots of great things about LinkedIn. If you can go on LinkedIn exactly how you are on Facebook, it's, it, it's, it's the same. And people who say Facebook's a shitty place, it's because they hang around with shitty people. And people who say LinkedIn's a boring place, they hang around with boring people. Find your people wherever you go. So I've started, like I said, I started on Instagram again because I hated the fact that Instagram used to be like you have to post pictures and you've not, you know this because we talked about this a long time ago where I said that whenever I share photos, I either pull a face or I have my dogs in it. Um, and so Instagram being a photo, sort of mainly, you know, a, a visual app, it just didn't suit me. But now that there's reels and videos, I was like, yes, bring it on. So, um, yeah, you'll be seeing a daily video on, on uh, reels. Oh, also on TikTok. So like TikTok too. So that same video is on TikTok. So I am going to do more of that because that's what I like to do. So that, the long answer to the difference between LinkedIn and Facebook, just, just like the actual organisation and the people who are running it, but not the people so much. We haven't spoke like this for a while and it's great hearing your answers to questions where you answer <laughs> 17 different questions at once. <laughs> <laughs> but so, well, you've kind of, uh answered my next question now which is going to be where can people find you and you've just told us we can now find you on linkedin and on facebook and on instagram and on even on tiktok um absolutely i often i've started posting clips from interviews and little videos of my own on tip on tiktok so you know we'll, we'll have a, a tiktok off you need to share your tiktok handle with me because mine's the same uh everywhere apart from facebook probably not but i mean it's my name my name shabnam raja on all platforms easy to find if you know how to spell it yes i'm going to mention your name quickly because um i'm going to attempt because i always pronounce your name wrong um <laughs> i always pronounce your name shabnam and i'm correct in thinking it's shabnam that's it it's shabnam yeah. It's intentional on my part because I like, and I apologise for this, but as you know, when I text you, I always shabbed them with about five exclamation marks after. I always visualise myself shouting your name. I don't know why. 
but whenever I want to see them, I feel like I need to shout it. So that's why. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that's, that's where right. people can find you. Is there anything you would like to promote? Is there anything that uh, you would like to uh, promote anywhere else people can find you? Um, well, thinking about YouTube as well, but right now, yeah, basically, you know where to find me. I'm not promoting anything. All I ever promote is the same stuff. I, you know, I do it year long. I don't have any special launches or anything. If anyone's interested in working with me, wants to find out a bit more about how to get over any self-sabotaging behaviors and patterns, wants to know a bit more about subconscious mind, you can contact me by DMing me on any of the platforms mentioned previously. <laughs> I would say at the very least for anyone listening, just give, give Shabnam a follow. Sorry, give Shabnam a follow. And because um, you you do drop some quality stuff. And, and the, the great thing about you is, uh, the, great, what, the great things about you are um, you don't hold back. So when you're sharing stuff online, it's not like, you, I'm going to give you this. And if you want more, you've got to come to it. It's like you just tell people and then, but obviously, you get the you'd have to come to you for the full Shabnam experience. But it's not like you hold stuff back. You go out and tell people what they need, and 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 I think that's brilliant. But the other thing is, you are open about the stuff that you don't find easy, and that's one of the big things that I, I endears me to people, including yourself, is when someone will talk about their struggles or someone talk about the things that they've done wrong in in the past, and and even just now, you mentioned that about on pictures and how you know you pull a face or have your dog there to make you feel a bit more comfortable and I just find that really endearing because you know as, as much as we want to get so that we're, we're looking at ourselves and being happy with ourselves it's nice knowing sometimes that even someone who you really look up to and respect also has those little issues as well so yeah uh, I, I strongly advise that anyone goes and follows Shabnam. Um, so one thing I'm asking all of my guests to wrap up on the end of these episodes is uh, I'm asking to leave us with a book what book are you going to what book recommendation are you going to leave us with today? Okay um, I did have one in mind I'm going to mention can I can I mention two? You can mention two all right, okay, so let me just get the name of it. So this one is a really good book. I'm not, I was going to give like a really science, can you still hear me properly? I'm yes. Away. Uh, with Brian Cranston book. There it is. Okay. You're going to have to cut that bit out now, aren't you? No, I'm leaving it in. Okay, all right. I just went to my uh, bookcase. To get two books okay so I was going to mention a very sciencey book but I'm not going to uh, this book I think might be quite relevant to the stuff I mean I wish I'd wrote it because it's all about stop doing that shit it's called uh, end self-sabotage and demand your life back it's by a guy called Gary John Bishop he's also got a book called unfuck yourself which was very similar to the podcast that I never launched Do you remember which I had quite a few episodes that never got launched, um, which was Unfuck Your Mind. So, yeah, this book I do recommend because it's an easy read. It's nothing too heavy, but it makes you really think about the shit that we do and how you can start making changes to stop doing that shit. The other book, because you mentioned before we started this officially, um, somebody mentioning... Uh, a book which wasn't what was it again see I've already forgotten uh, it was a fiction book and I've forgotten a myself fiction. now 
<laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't matter. It's my my spot now to give a recommendation. <laughs> um, this book is a really fun read. It's A Life in Parts by Brian Cranston, a guy from Breaking Bad. And um, I'm quite a fan of this. Uh, this book is a great book. It's his, I, I don't know if he actually wrote it. It's meant to be him writing it. And if he did write it, he's not just a brilliant actor, he's a brilliant writer too. Um, and there are so many things in this that really resonate with anyone who has a goal in life that they really want to achieve. Because he talks about how much he wanted to be an actor. And he's somebody who didn't get really famous till later on in life, but he's been acting for years, decades. And he talks about all the struggles he went through and he talks about the determination and he talks about things um, that he did to overcome and it's quite you know I sound like I'm you know I, I'm always a promoter but it's it's like it's, it's it's inspirational and it's also you know it might be a load of bullshit who knows <laughs> if it's made up who might those but it's a good read you know it's a it's written really well and it's a good read I felt really good after reading it and a little thing a little tip uh, not a tip a little secret that many people don't know is that he also learned how to do how to hypnotize people so uh, there's a little bit in there where he, I think it was either his girlfriend or his brother's girlfriend that he hypnotised and did. But, so it's a good read. I, I recommend it highly. That one and that one. Um, oh, yeah, we're on the podcast. That one being Stop Doing That Shit and the other one being A Life in Parts of Brian Cranston. <laughs> Only Shabdom holds two books up on an audio-only <laughs> podcast and says that one and that one. Um, I am going to throw one more final question at you, actually, just because you mentioned it. Um, is Will the uh, Unfuck Your Brain, or whatever it was called, podcast ever be reprised? Will it ever come back? And do you want to throw it on the TC Universe Podcast Network if you do? Um, that podcast isn't going to be released because my focus on what I want my podcast to be about changed. And um, there will be another podcast. Um, but I haven't got a name for it, but it's going to be more aligned with what I do now and what I want to talk about and how I want to do it. The other one was a bit more because I got some coaching around it and it was, it was very manufactured. It was a bit like, you know, like a manufactured pop group and I don't like doing things like that. And I, it didn't feel right. So I never put it out and I'm glad I didn't. Um, it's, the, the the one that I have here right now that hasn't come out but will be coming out soon is um, going to be a bit more real. If you're struggling for a name, I've said this before, I'm still thinking it's the Raja Report. That's the Raja Report. Maybe if I was famous, that would mean something to people, but at the moment, maybe not. But let's see. Who knows? Well, you've I'm been on this podcast now. Yeah. Well, that's it. This is the start, the rise to... Um, the rise of the Raja report, that might be, this might be what I actually needed to kick it off. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you so much for all of all of the lovely things you've said. Um, no, I mean, lovely, but also true. Uh, and on that note, before we go into a full-on loving uh, to wrap up this podcast, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on. I'm sure everyone that's listening, including myself, has gained something from this show. So, so thank you for giving us so much of your time tonight. Thank you for having me. Seriously, this has been so nice. I mean, it's not very often that I've been on a podcast of a former client because 
actually this is the first time and it's such a treat because this is this is just like exactly what I live for not not your podcast but what what I mean is um you know I love doing what I do I love working with people and when they start doing the things that they love doing it makes me so happy so being on your podcast is the most special experience because it's your podcast. I mean, I've been on other podcasts and this is just like your intro to me, which you've not given to anyone else. This is me saying that this has been the most enjoyable for me because it's your podcast. And I'm so happy that this isn't your only podcast either, that you're doing something that you really love. And it's been such a pleasure. And I'm so um, honoured and happy to be here today. So thank you for having me. So big thank you to the ever-delightful Shabnam Raja there. You can probably tell I've got a lot of time and affection for Shabnam, and it was great that she joined me. Very insightful discussion, as always. Um, and hope you take something from it, because I know I did, as I do from all my guests. But what I want to speak about briefly before I let you go off and enjoy the rest of your days is what's coming up on the show we've got to offer you over at the Instructor Podcast. Now, the first thing I'm going to mention, the biggest thing is i patreon feed so if you head over to patreon and if you search for the instructor or you head to the show notes and click on the link there you can go straight there and you can see what different ways you can support the show um and then there's different tiers you can support the show at and different things we can offer you so different things coming forward include the green room which will be a weekly discussion around the latest goings on within the industry. And that will be alternating. So one week we'll have Chris Benstead from the DITC. And then over the other week, we'll generally get a different instructor in to come in and talk to us and give their opinions on the latest news and thoughts within the industry. We'll also have things such as masterminds, where I'll bring guests in to deliver specific um talks and give specific presentations around things around your business or health or driving instructor um, related stuff like coaching all that kind of stuff and we're also going to have test talks which may just be me talking for a bit and giving my opinion and my thoughts on things we're going forward we'll even take that even further things like q a's and so on and so on so yeah i would really appreciate if you took a look over at patreon and just see if you're willing or able to support the show all and see what we can provide for you to help you run a better business so again thank you for listening today and hopefully we'll catch up with you next week the instructor podcast with terry cook talking with leaders innovators experts and game changers about what drives them oh so you're still here the music is finished <laughs> but you're still here well that's good because i am too as is shabnam raja and she's joined us for a little bonus bit at the end where she's going to answer the quick fire question so shabnam are you ready i'm ready come on okay. dog or cat dog obviously favorite book <laughs> of all time all right uh, oh uh, uh, the one that made me cry um is oh i can't even remember the bloody name of it <laughs> the one that made me cry okay we'll go with that would you ever consider being vegan yes absolutely. favorite favorite Nearly film there. of all time i don't have one you don't, don't have one 
Give me a film. Just say a film that you like. Star Wars, great answer. Um, if you I haven't even If you were to become a driving instructor tomorrow, how would you refer to your customers? Would you call them students, pupils, customers, clients? What do you think you'd call them? New friends. New friends. Okay, I'm not using that one. Um, what's, what's the proudest achievement in your life? Ah. Uh, my proudest achievement. I don't know if I can <coughs> this podcast. <laughs> achievement, but um, okay, yeah, being on Terry's podcast and also having uh, having such a wonderful son that I have half half I can take half the credit for because you know I couldn't really have <laughs> achieved having a child without a partner. But um, yeah, I don't know. Does that count as an achievement? That's kind of me taking credit for him completely, which I can't. But yeah. You're not the first person to use the answer and you won't be the last. Um, okay, and then the last one. What is one goal that you would like to achieve going forward? Oh, that's such a tough one, Terry. I've just, you know what I'm like. I've got a hundred things spinning around here right now. As you speak, I can't pick one. <laughs> um, um, should I just say world peace and leave it at that? World everybody, peace. Every, everybody saying I love you in their mirror and say it's because Shuckham said so. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Everybody's saying, oh, I'm going to use that clip to promote the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, thank you for joining us for the bonus segment, Shannon. Thank you. That, that wasn't so good, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. There's, uh, um, it, it's just a little bit of lighthearted fun. No, I enjoyed that. That was fun. But I'm going to have to think about these questions now. You know how I like to like get to the bottom of the answers of certain questions. So, okay, so what is my long? What is it? What was the question? Something about what's my long term goal? Yeah. Do you have? Uh, I was asking for one goal that you'd like to achieve at some point in the rest of your life. I mean, you could have oh, said eat a full so pizza. Oh, you know, could have been anything. Yeah, um, so many, so many. That, this is why I don't have a tattoo because I can't choose one thing this so this goes this you know this goes to show you know how I work with people with on all sorts of things that doesn't mean that I am just like a perfect human being who hasn't got issues biggest thing indecision like I can't I can't make certain decisions because for me you know and it probably goes back to a lot of conditioning over the years um the consequences of making the wrong decision is something that my brain still goes about so um, yeah, there you go. The reason I don't have a tattoo is because I know what I'm like. I'll get one and I'll just keep going. And I'm going to wind up like, <laughs> you know, the tattooed man with just everything all over. <laughs>